We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing this week, Seth? I'm good. All right. Uh, uh, no sponsor for this week's episode. If you guys want to sponsor the Electric Podcast, one of the top 10 biggest automotive podcasts in the world, uh, you can reach out to us uh, through the, uh, the show notes or info at electric.co, and we're going to get back to you. Uh, we have plenty to talk about this week. Yeah, it was a very interesting week in the um, EV space. We're going to start with some Tesla news, as we usually do. And then we're going to move on to some Rivian news, interesting Rivian news, uh, GM news, and much more. Uh, and then at the end of the show, as we always do, we're gonna, because we're live on all the platform, we're going to take some uh, questions from you guys. So if you have any questions for us, you can put them in the comment section right now. We're going to get to that in about uh, 30, 40 minutes or so. And if you do enjoy the show, you can always press the like button, the share button, the notification, subscribe button. All those things help the show tremendously, help the stream. So, uh, all right, let's jump right in. Let's start with some Tesla pricing news. There was... Um, a price change, a price increase, which is pretty rare for Tesla these days, on the Model 3, and it's the brand new, uh, well, newly launched Model 3 refresh in North America. Obviously, it's not quite new in the rest of the world. It uh, was launched last summer, uh, but uh, just last month in North America. And over the last week or so, there's been two price increases on the Model 3 uh, on the long-range version, the Model 3 Rear-wheel drive is still the same price at $39,000, but um, it's uh, up $1,500 on the long range. Now it starts at $47,500. Uh, and what makes this more interesting than anything else is the comparison to the Model Y, because the Model Y has always been more expensive than Model 3. It's a, it's a slightly bigger vehicle. Uh, but now it's basically the same price or cheaper than the Model 3. So the starting price of the Model Y long range is $48,000. So only a $500 difference if you place a new order. Uh, but nowadays, as you may know, you're better off uh, buying the uh, Model Y of uh, new inventory because there's some significant discounts on them, sometimes up to $5,000 in discount. So that would make it $4,500 cheaper than the Model 3, which is pretty crazy. Uh, on top of that, our second news of the day is a new temporary discount on Model Y. So this was launched this weekend by Tesla. And our assumption here is that it's it's probably related to... Uh, let me put my, uh, my notification on silent. I forgot to do that. Uh, we're good to go now. So I... I, I I assume that has to do with the Super Bowl. So that was launched this weekend, last weekend, which was Super Bowl weekend. And as we previously reported on Electric, there were a lot of um, Super, uh, Super Bowl ads that were about electric vehicles. And uh, this, none of them were about Tesla. Well, no, technically there was one about Tesla, but let's not get into that right now. Um, it was not from Tesla and it was not good for Tesla. Or at least, well, you, any publicity is good publicity, you could argue. But anyway... Uh, it was about it was a there was a GM ad there was a, a Hyundai ad Kia ad there was there was basically an ad for every automakers that focused on electric vehicles and in the past Tesla has figured out like hey this is actually pretty good for us because 
we own like more than half of the market in the US when it comes to electric vehicles. So when other people boost electric vehicles, it boosts us at the same time. And the Tesla has shared some data in the past that showed an uptick, a giant uptick in orders uh, following the Super Bowl uh, over the last previous, the few previous years, uh, especially since there have been a lot of uh, EV ads uh, at that event. So, and the, those are often combined with other automakers with additional discounts, obviously. And so Tesla wants to probably capture some of that market. And they announced that the new Model Y rear-wheel drive and long-range all-wheel drive prices are reduced for delivery now. So that was last weekend through February 29th. So this is the interesting part. So Tesla often has additional discounts. But for the end of the quarter, now it's just for the end of this month, which there's still March uh, that goes to a quarter. So if you get delivery by March 1st, by the end of this month, uh, you get an extra $1,000 off. That's on top of already, like I said, significant discounts on uh, inventory vehicle. So uh, are you getting your uh, Model Y? I haven't, I haven't pulled the trigger, the trigger just yet. Yeah. We're what also, about you? I know you were also thinking about it. Yeah, just too much going on right now. Also, we, we've had our eyes on the uh, Volvo EX30. I like the size of that a little better. We have the Rivian for the the, the big heavy hauling. Um, yeah. But having full self-driving transfer would be nice having uh the tesla network for long distance travel would be nice the model y is a good all-arounder but um yeah i don't know yeah i'm i'm on the same spot like i i don't know like, especially like i mean i'm sure we're gonna get into it a bit later on on the podcast but i find myself like I'm I'm very disappointed in some of the move that Tesla has done lately, and especially Elon. That I'm not sure I even want to encourage a company anymore uh, by buying their products at the same time. But at the same time, they're so good. That's the thing. Like I was driving the Model Three uh, on um, Wednesday, my Model Three, and the uh, the windshield wipers just started going like crazy for no reason. It was not raining, it was not snowing or anything. It just started going because the windshield, the automatic wipers are just got awful. And I was I was like thinking to myself, like how good the Tesla vehicles have to be that I I I I um I go through this nonsense, like things like that. Like it's so that as no business being in a hundred thousand dollar car. And I still consider buying a new one <laughs> because they're so good. Yet we put up with all this nonsense with them, yeah. like the auto wipers, like the uh, full self driving not being real, and all that. Yeah, the AI wipers are are horrible, and I don't I don't know if the new ones are any better. Like, is like uh, I don't know is is the new Model Ys uh, the quality control a little bit better? The, the... I don't, I don't think it would be. I mean, the, the cameras are a little better. So, because it is the same neural net, the uh, deep brain thing. Right. Uh, I don't know if deep brain is the most recent one anymore. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. But um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. And if you, if you, uh, I, I if you did I, get I, a. Maybe the cameras a little, a little bit detect the rain better. I don't know. If you did get a model, why would you opt? If you had the opportunity, would you opt for a uh, 4681 or would you? To get the uh, the twenty six or whatever the, the I, I would stick with the twenty one seventy for now, and I, I think that would I don't think I would have the option anyway. I think uh, I think Canada is getting the the Fremont's ones right now, right? One from Fremont, which are twenty one seventy. All right, speaking of Model Y, and this this is something we get asked about a lot. Tesla has 
confirm to employees that there's no Model Y refresh. I'm using air quotes here because I think the wording is important when you uh, take the words from Tesla on this. We get asked about Model Y refresh. When is it coming? There were two reports, um, one from Bloomberg and one from uh, Rotters that said that uh, they, are, they are coming this year. Um, Reuters last year said uh, coming out in 2024. Uh, Juniper this is the code name, just like Highland was for the Model 3 refresh. And Bloomberg more recently said that Tesla plans to release the Model Y refresh in mid-2024. Uh, early Q3, if I remember correctly. Um, so obviously, this is uh, the uh, Osborne effect. It's not good for sales when you think that the refresh is coming and all that. So Tesla is trying to counter that. And how they counter it is that they sent a note. Uh, Tesla does that sometimes. This time it's coming from Tesla Scope. Uh, sent a note to sales employees about talking points regarding a specific subject. Because Tesla employees at the sales level, they're not being told that much. Right? They, don't, they don't actually know what's coming, what's not coming, and all that. Uh, Tesla keeps that very secret. But now they, they, Tesla saw it as a big enough problem with these reports that they wanted to clarify. I read the note here. We heard your feedback that some customers are waiting to place their Model Y order as they anticipate a refresh similar to Model 3. It is important that we communicate transparently that there is no refresh to Model Y launching this year. All right. What does that mean? What does that mean? Uh, so obviously, Tesla has had issue with the word refresh in, in the past. Elon said that Tesla doesn't do any refresh. Um, they, they, they have a tendency to release upgrades to their vehicle programs as they are ready for manufacturing. So Tesla can update the Model 3, Model Y several times throughout the year uh, without even announcing it, without doing anything uh, to, to, to emphasize it. That is in contrast to other automakers, we use the, the model year approach. So model year is a weird thing because we just talked last week about the Taycan 2025 um, when we were early in 2024 because it's actually going to launch like mid-year, early summer, something like that. Uh, so, But that's when they do a switch over to a new model year and that's where they introduce changes to the vehicle. Now Tesla doesn't do that. They just do it whenever it's ready. However... In more recent year, with the OEAD example with the Model S, the Model X, uh, and more recently the Model 3, Tesla had had a tendency in more recent years to bundle a bunch of changes together, making it a bigger change in one uh, go. And those have been called refresh, and they are in line with what the industry is doing, just not on a regular model year timeline like the rest of the industry. So it's possible that Tesla is still planning some significant changes to Model Y this year. It just won't call it a refresh, uh, like uh, like this note is saying. So it doesn't mean that those reports are completely wrong, though it could they could be. I'm just I'm just putting it out out there because we know how Tesla operates, and they might just you know be trying to squash the Osborne effect here and not uh, um, not not being completely transparent. Yeah, I mean, when you change the design, like the front end of it, uh, the car, so, you know, significantly, it's hard to not, like, call that a refresh. And I think that's what Reuters and Bloomberg are talking about. And it would be weird if Tesla, you know, in June or July, I mean, the fact that they're ending these promos, these Model Y promos at the end of March, to me is kind of like, well, what's at the end of the March? I mean, I know it's the end of the quarter, but like... The demand's not going to, you know, blow up 
in April, is it? I mean, I guess it's spring, so people are buying more cars, but I don't know. It seems kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it would be weird if Tesla is communicating that right now and like literally weeks away, there's a significant upgrade. So, uh, but I, I, I do get your point. But uh, and since Tesla even like re refresh similar to Model Three, I assume that maybe Tesla like this could at least confirm that you might not, we not not expect like the uh, um, ambient lightning and the. Um, like the new front bumper, the more aggressive front bumper, because Model Three and Model Y have very similar bumper, like a little enlarged, obviously from Model Y, but uh, they used to have, I should say, a similar bumper. So it maybe makes sense to introduce like similar change. So this should at least confirm that, I would think. But like, there's a few like technology, like the new uh, frequency uh, frequency damper. Like absorption technology, things like that, that that could make sense to, yeah. If you introduce that in the mole three, it could make sense to make that in the mole Y also. Small changes that improve the quality of driving a lot without being like called a refresh. Like this, like this, introduce that in the mole Y. I wouldn't call that a refresh. Do you think the model Y will come out in you know Europe or Asia before it comes out in the U.S.? It seems like that's the. Oh, well, that's a good point though, uh, because this notes was communicated uh, through North American uh, salespeople. So that that's a good point. Maybe they do still launch a Model Y in, though that would that would be hard though because that would, um, that would make like that would still obviously the news would come to North America that there's a new Model Y and will make sales a lot harder in North America if it's not launched here and it's like the Model Three, and like the, like exactly what happened on Model Three last year where the Model Three sales dropped significantly. In North right, America. and that's why they're so but, robust right now. Yes, and it, but it's not a bad thing for Tesla because Model 3 was already so much of a smaller product than Model Y. Uh, right. Model Y sales in North America being affected by that would be very harsh unless Tesla can do more price cuts, obviously, because price cuts always uh, trumps everything else in terms of diamond creation. But I, I don't know how much more room Tesla has. Like I said, the Model Y is now less expensive than Model 3 uh, for the all-wheel drive version, obviously. All right, this was a big piece of news for the first half of the week. Uh, the oh, image is gone on this. Okay. That's probably a, a little bug with our, our new image uh, thing that uh, we rolled out. Um, all right, so this is a very terrible situation, horrible crash that happened two years ago. And it just came out in the news this week, the Washington Post. Uh, did a, an entire report on the crash that uh, involved a Tesla employee, a recruiter in uh, Colorado named Hans von Hohen, Hohen, not sure how to pronounce that, and his friend Eric Rosister, Rositer, Rositer. How do you pronounce that? No idea. Yeah, Ross Hans Hain. von Ohain and Eric Rositer, maybe. Rositer. My okay. best guess. Um, all right, so because now there's a lot of speculation, a lot of theories around this crash and everything. So I'll I'll um, go through what the Washington Post said, what Tesla Elon said, and then we can make up our mind from that. The wash. First of all, there's a lot of talk. Why is this coming out right now, two years later? Is this is a, a whole uh, 
Um, this is a, a hit piece from the Washington Post. Um, the reason it's coming out two years after the crash is there was a lengthy investigation that came after the crash. And uh, now the investigation is done and uh, the, the, the family is talking. Uh, and that is why uh, the, the this is coming out now. So there's no conspiracy behind that. The crash happened in May 2022. Uh, Hoane and uh, his friend, oh, we'll go with Hans and Eric. Hans was a recruiter at Tesla and his friend Eric went golfing outside of Denver, Colorado, and they set out in the Tesla Model 3 uh, of Hans. The Tesla Model 3 for sure had FSD beta, but Hans bought FSD beta for sure. May 2022 coincide where uh, just after the uh, w wider release of FSD beta, if you remember, uh, it's around this time that I got it. You still had to have a decent uh, safety score back then, but uh, you, you, most people had it, especially Tesla employees. Um, now you did have to request it. We knew, but we know for a fact based on Washington Post. Uh, Hans bought it. We also know from friends and family that he was showing the FSD beta to his friends. So at least he was claiming that it was FSD beta. Could potentially has been confused with Enhanced Autopilot, potentially, but he was telling people this is full self-driving beta and he was showing it to them. His friend Eric, on the way to the golf course, said that Hans was using it and even that he had to correct it a few times and it made Eric uneasy. Uh, but Hans said it's normal. It's uh, the new technology. And sometimes you have to correct it if it's swerving away and all that. They get to the golf scores. They play 21 holes. And as you do on the golf course, sorry. You drink. They drink. Uh, they drink some decent amount, apparently, uh, enough to uh, blow at uh, 0 0.28 percent alcohol level in the blood which is three times the legal limit which you should never like let's let's put that clear and because i've been accused this week of justifying drunk driving which is like anyone suggesting that as either is either malicious or as very little uh reading comprehension but you should never get behind the wheel after drinking any significant amount of alcohol obviously now, Eric said that, well, because you also shouldn't get in a car with someone who has drunk a significant amount of alcohol. Eric said that when they set back to, to drive home that day, he didn't see Hans as being drunk, being impaired with alcohol. He obviously knew that he was drinking, but you know, sometimes you like, you think, ah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, I'm not justifying it. I'm just saying that was a logic. But he was, also, a he was also drinking quite a bit. Yeah, the boat, like the E, obviously, is the one who blew uh, 0 0.28. Uh, right. the, his friend never blew, unfortunately. Um, they set out to drive. On their way back, they hit a tree. Uh, the car caught on fire. Eric was able to escape, went back to try to help Hans. A tree was blocking the driver's door. Hans couldn't escape. And he was screaming inside the vehicle as he caught on fire. Probably horrible experience for both of them, I would assume. And uh, the, the autopsy determined that the cause of death was uh, smoke asphyxiation and, and thermal damage to his body. And very sorry for him and his loved ones and family. Now, 
for the fact of the, the, the case, again, the autopsy proved that he was drunk during the thing. So obviously he's responsible for the crash. You cannot get behind the wheel of being drunk. Now, right after the crash, and what launched this long investigation and all that, right after the crash, Eric told the first responder that uh, Hans was using a full self-driving on the way back. Uh, I don't, he never really said that full self-driving was the, 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 the cause of the crash. He said he was using it. So obviously, this launched an investigation into it. And now where things get really weird is that normally Tesla always comes back right away. It was like, we have the data logs, hear what happened. Uh, the, the car was not on self-driving, on autopilot or anything like that, or it was, but the guy was not paying attention and whatever. There's a lot of things. For a big part of the years of electric that I've been reporting on that stuff, I've been believing Tesla a lot based on the logs. However, I've changed uh, my opinion on that uh, because I've seen now a few occasions where Tesla would say that um, the crash was not on autopilot or not on FSD beta because seconds before the crash, the FSD beta disengaged, for example. And we've seen that. We have, I've been driving on FSD beta and it's telling me, take control, take control, take control, because I cannot handle the situation now. And then you, you take control, but there's a crash. It's like, who's responsible there? Obviously, you should always be paying attention. And if you are paying attention, you should have the opportunity to take control in time. I can see, though, certain scenario where you cannot, even if you're using the system properly, you're not impaired and everything. Obviously, in this case, he was drunk. So it's unlikely that he would have been able to, 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 to successfully control the situation if that's what happened. But now in this case, there's not even any logs. Tesla says that, well, first of all, the car completely burned down, so the police cannot recover. There's now like a like kind of a black box type system like you see in airplanes. Um, they weren't able to recover that. However, Tesla has always been able to, 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 to release logs or at least their own interpretation of the logs um, because the car will beam the logs at all time through cellular network. Tesla says that in this case, they the car didn't do that. Um, it's possible that's because it was in the mountains, so it's in, in, in a, where there's no good signal. So that might be it. All right. Uh, so now that's what we have. We have witness saying that uh, the car was a witness, which again, eyewitness are not perfect, uh, far from perfect, especially if they're impaired. But we have a, a witness that said that uh, Hans was using FSD when he died, was using FSD on the drive there too we have friends and family we have his own wife his widow that said that hans was regularly using fsd beta and she didn't like it and she used the model 3 too and didn't use it because she didn't like it uh, but hans was a fervent defender of the of, of the, the the system now tesla also didn't told to the police that we don't know if he uh, was using an EDS system at the time of that. The so the police had to do their own investigation into uh, the, the the incident, and again they determined that he was responsible because he was drunk. But they still wanted to do uh, the way that they said it is that uh, um, the Colorado State Police determined that intoxication was the main factor behind the incident, but they also conducted an investigation into the possible role of this awful self-driving and ADS in, in, into it. Um, 
Ultimately, uh, the State Patrol Sergeant Robert Manon said, given the crash dynamics and how the vehicle drew off the hole with no evidence of student man maneuver, that fits with the driver assistant features. So the, the police itself said that they cannot roll out um, this, but they can, also, they can also confirm it because they don't have access to the log. And they talked to Tesla, and Tesla apparently told the police that they couldn't confirm either way. Now, two years later, and after the Washington Post posed their article, uh, Elon came out and said that the car didn't have full self-driving beta. The, uh, sorry, his, his exact word where he, the car didn't download FSD beta. Let me see. Uh, obviously, the, the, the great people at uh, Tesla owners, uh, Silicon Valley, said that I was a liar spreading fake news and all that, and that Elon responded to that. It was not on FSD. The software had unfortunately never been downloaded. I say unfortunately because the accident probably would not have happened if SDB that had been engaged, which is a stupid thing to say from Elon. Can we, can um, we stop there for a second? Yeah, go ahead. L let me, so let's just get the facts of this story straight. So Reuter, or sorry, uh, the Washington Post got a statement from his uh, widow, from the guy who was drive the Tesla employee that was the passenger, and you know, was, no, no, no the, the employee was uh, the passenger was not an employee. Passenger was not was an employee. employee. Yeah, uh, the driver was an employee. Um, everybody said it was FSD. This is a Tesla employee who loves to you know play around with. Tesla loves the technology and somehow we're to believe that he did not have FSD. Even though he had purchased FSD, he was given an opportunity to upgrade to FSD. He just never, he just never downloaded it. I just, I cannot. According to Elon and now people like Mike, my, my first response is like red flags everywhere with Elon. Then we have uh, Rohan Patel was the government affair official at Tesla that basically parroted what Elon said after the fact. And like people say, now it's official, it's from Tesla. And it's like, yeah, but he's saying the same thing that Elon is saying. Uh, he did I, have a little bit, Patel did have a little bit on one thing. He did have, because there was a really weird thing uh, is that Tesla in the Washington Post, Washington Post talked to NHTSA and NHTSA confirmed that Tesla reported that crash as related to ADS system as they have to, to NHTSA. So, like, the, now the, the question is, like, why do they report that if they say that they cannot even confirm if any ADS system were involved, FSD beta or otherwise? Then Patel confirmed that they reported it because they were they received information. They were, they, there was a complaint that ADS system were involved in this crash. They don't they believe that the complaint is not fair, but because there is one, they reported it to NHTSA, which is weird. Again. NHTSA said that they cannot confirm whether FSD beta or any ADS system were involved in the crash. So there's, 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 these are all these different like things coming up. My main thing is that the guy definitely bought it because Tesla, uh, the Washington Post saw the uh, in the Tesla account that, that the FSD was both listed as included and active. The active part is the one that uh, I don't I, I don't see any active thing in my in my uh, own account, so I don't know where they got that exactly because active would mean that it's on the car. And then even they got this, he still got an email recently. Uh, I'm talking about Hans here. Still got an email from Tesla Marketing asking him to transfer his FSD beta to a new car. So how do you have uh, FSD? And it's not on your car. Like, there's no way to own FSD and not have it be on your car. 
Yeah, yeah, you, you can buy you, no, FSD better. You can buy the FSD package, and mm -hmm. if you don't click the request button inside your car, you won't have it. Uh, you won't right, have FSD right. better. You right, still right. have like the features that are involved with FSD, just not the city street driving and intersection. Um, but I mean, the profile of this guy, like super nerdy. He's you know he's driving on FSD, you know, according to wife and and travel partner. Uh, he's geeky. He's a Tesla employee. There's just no way he didn't have FSD in his car. Like, there's just no way. I can't. Like, I can't imagine. You know, if he's driving around city streets, like that's not autopilot. I don't know. I just, it's hard for me to like, I can't square this. There's some road on which you could activate and enhance autopilot without FSD, but I don't, I don't know if that's the case of the specific like mountain roads. And at the end of the day, so I can, I can definitely see. Another thing I should make clear before I say that. Friends and family have no reason to lie. There's not going to be any lawsuit or anything like that. The family tried to get a lawsuit going. No lawyers in the world wanted to touch it for They're good drunk. reason. The guy was drunk, was intoxicated. He's going to be found responsible for this accident no matter what. So there's no money at play. There's no money to be made. You can maybe make the con crazy conspiracy theory that Tesla uh, shorts or whatever or financing them. I don't know, whatever, but it would be a, a stretch. There's no evidence whatsoever for that. So there is no, they have no reason to lie. His wife, two friends interviewed by the Washington Post, plus the witness, also his friend that was there, all said that he was showing up people what he called full self-driving in his car to people around town. They all said it. So I can agree that there's a very slight possibility that all these people, including the employee himself, confuse enhanced autopilot with FSD. That would be its own problem in itself, by the way, if Tesla employees cannot tell the difference. Like you, you have a problem right there. I find that highly unlikely, especially considering the timing of the release of FSD beta, especially considering how widespread People knew how to get FSD beta. You had to have a high safety score. You had to have a, a request button on and all that. Like that, that's it. It was as simple as that. It would be extremely unlikely that he didn't drive it. So I think Elon is either lying or Tesla has made uh, uh, an error where they don't have on the server side the right data on this, which is far from a stretch. Like, you could have the wrong information and the car actually got FSD beta. Not only that, I know people that were able to sideload FSD beta. I tested FSD beta in Canada before it was ever available in Canada. So you're saying that was in downloaded, one of those cars. the downloaded yes. word is the keyword in Elon's rebuttal. Exactly. So this this is important. Also, note that Elon says that without ever like saying we know that he bought it, but he never actually downloaded it. So he like he's not even like br bringing that up. Um, it's uh, it, it, he's he's being like very careful with his words there. Um, yeah. Also, why is he saying that now and not saying that like two years before to the police and saying like it's it's weird. Because uh, the police were still investigating whether FSD beta was on. Like they cannot, they, they said that they cannot rule it out. It makes no sense to me. 
And at the core of it, at the beginning, like people, I see uh, Mr. Turkey Neck here saying uh, that uh, the crash was a year ago. The Post article was biased, in my opinion. Bottom line, both the occupants were very drunk. This should obviate other blame from the accident. Some would apply to any ice accident. Makes that That's not the, the right take on this at all, Mr. Turkey Neck. I'd, before Elon got involved and possibly lied and, and or shared some misinformation on this thing, um, this story was about a problem with over being overconfident in Tesla's ADS system, whether it's autopilot or full self-driving beta. It's a real problem. I mean, set. I'm sure you had this experience before. I had it a dozen times where you talk about FSD beta, like, ah, oh, you have FSD beta on your car with someone. You like, you explain how it works, and like, one of the first thing, if not the first thing, they say is like, huh, cool. Now you can drive drunk, and the car will drive you home, and and things like this is the number one thing that they say with maybe like, oh, you can fall asleep and get to your destination, and then you have to give the whole speech of like, no, you can't do that. You're still responsible for the car. You have to keep your hand on the steering wheel, be ready to click control all the time, and Tesla will not take responsibility for a crash. So no, so so there is this issue of people being overconfident if full self driving beta and autopilot. So in this case here, you could make the possible argument that Hans had a whole day of uh, day drinking and playing golf and was so confident in FSD beta that he decided to get into his car after drinking and he thought it would be no problem driving home and then crashed. Like this sounds very likely to me. More likely than Elon's, uh, oh, unfortunately, this accident would have been never happened if you had FSD beta on, which is I agree. a wild thing to say. Now, the story is not that anymore, though. The story is not that anymore. The story is like, is, is Elon and Tesla lying about this? Are they hiding things? Are they getting this wrong? It's like, what's happening? Because the evidence points to there was FSD involved, or at least it was enhanced to pilot involved. So it, like that, that's what I like from like the, the Tesla fans that attacked me on this is like, shut up, you don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you had enhanced autopilot on. Like, well, okay. That going. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know like the only argument you can say then is like, because now enhanced autopilot and FSD is the same thing, by the way, they've merged the stack. Back then it was not the case, but still it was a Tesla ADS system <laughs> that, that, that crashed the car apparently, or at least couldn't save the car. Yeah. And then and there's the other, that- the other Tesla folks who are like well if he was drunk he could have just swerved you know took took over yeah. or whatever so i agree it's it's just i don't know i i feel it, like it's a bad look i feel like you can find out if he had fsd or not and i feel like that, that i've been racking my brain up and it's like i i do believe the witness and the family more than i believe elon and tesla at this point because i know they've been misleading with logs and things like that in the past so they could they could definitely do that here, but I cannot find an exact way that you could confirm confirm it outside of Tesla. Right. Uh, maybe if we can get access to like the computer, but apparently it was like completely burned down. So because I know we we had people do forensic analysis of uh, computers before after after a crash. What about the app on Tesla? his phone? I guess he, he probably lost his phone too in the the accident. I wonder. Yeah. I mean, he still has. You, you, you have access to the account, right? Anyway, anyway, it, it, it's a it's a terrible look. Yeah, but there is a problem with being overconfident in FSD beta, and I hope that people keep that in mind because. It is a dangerous technology. My, and my take on it is that I do believe that 
if you're being as vigilant, if not more vigilant when driving FSD better than normal driving, it is safer. I do believe that. As soon as you become a tiny little bit less vigilant, it is more dangerous. Yeah, and that's not more relaxing or or doesn't make driving easier. It's it makes it more no. difficult. And there's not Elon is not helping with a problem of overconfidence if he's saying if he had FSD beta, which he probably had, or at least enhanced autopilot in this case, it, the feature will not fail. Furthermore, even if you if your car was capable of FSD beta but didn't have it on, you still have you're supposed to at least to have all the safety, the active safety features are supposed to still be on and all the time and help you prevent these crashes. Didn't do it in this case. Now I know maybe he here, let me introduce you a, a possible scenario here too. He's driving impaired on FSD beta or enhanced autopilot. The car does something funky. He tries to correct it. Instead of slamming on the brakes, he slams on the accelerator, crash into a tree. Yeah. Possibility too. Here, here's a right. here's another last thing. Uh, Andrew McDonald in the comments says there are a few ways to get cut out of FSD in t- 2022. If he had three strikes, it would have been disabled. So th- uh, another contra- uh you know, a, a theory is that maybe he had FSD and then he lost it and then crashed into a tree drunk. I don't know. This time, FSD was yeah. only active for city streets, not on the highway. I think he was on kind of. Like yeah, it was not road. on the highway. No, so yeah. that's not. And uh, this tree strike. So unless maybe like the strike happened, like mid drive, the last strike, and then he didn't have FSD. And you, you know, though, you, and even if you're dead drunk, you would know that you lost the 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 FSD for that drive. Because even if it's not three strikes, like if it's a. You get a strike, like if you if you get like you in your three alerts on a drive, right? You right. do. They remove it to you, and you know when they remove it. It's insane that the, the sound and alerts that she that she gets. So, it happened to me once. Not on, not on FSD, though, on autopilot. Like it, it kept giving me like some weird alerts, and yeah, uh, I've, then I've, it telling I've me been... like, you know, like if you're on a long drive, it's it's annoying. Like yeah, now you have to to stop to to get it back. It's so dumb. Uh, but the Turkonet said, I cannot absolutely, none for his excuse, but there is no excuse for drone driving in any case. No one is excusing that. Like that, That's the case Like the Tesla fans and Elon fans have been using all week. Like, uh, stop giving excuse for drone driving. No one is, no, like, if you think that the take from this whole thing is like, don't drive drunk, you're completely missing the point. Like, that's not the point. It's overconfidence in FSD beta, whether impaired or not. And now it might be if Elon is lying about this thing. Let's talk All about right, let's, the world's largest supercharger. Yeah, let's move on to something a little bit more fun. So we learned from Mr. Marco RP, uh, who's like an internet slurt that looks into construction permits for a new supercharger, found that Tesla is planning a new world's largest supercharger in Kern County in California. This is uh, where uh, Bakersfield is, Kern County. So it's between LA and uh, the Bay Area. It's actually pretty close to the Kettleman City Supercharger, which is was at least very recently the largest supercharger in the world. This new one here is going to be over 160 supercharger stalls, making it the new largest in the world. But there's other interesting things about it. First of all, if you look at the plans here, all these uh, stalls on the right here, 16 of them are pulled through uh, charging stalls. So this is great if you are 
towing in the Model Y or now a Cybertruck or now any basically any electric vehicles capable of towing because by the time that these launch, they will likely be open to other EVs too. And um, the pull-through stalls are great for when you're towing because you don't have to unhitch your trailer to use them. So that's awesome. But you see all these other stalls too. Also, it's 100, over 150 of them. And uh, they all have solar canopies over them. So probably uh, like probably a few megawatt of uh, power, I would assume, at that size. Uh, and there's also a battery, as a ma- microgrid, they call it. So it's solar and batteries, which is going to be great to shave a peak power demand at the charging station, which is what uh, increased greatly the cost of operating a charging station, is that when you have several EVs charging at the same time, uh, it draws a lot from the grid, and the grid charges you more for that peak output. So if you can have a more... St- and Charging is normally not stable because you have a lot of people using it at the same time. So you have no one using it at the same time. So the, the demand is like fluctuating a lot. But if you have batteries, you can shave that peak a little bit and then you can make it a lot more stable. Um, so that will reduce the cost of it a lot. So this is probably a glimpse at like what future large charging stations are going to look like. A lot of stations, several pull-through stations, solar and batteries all together. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Moving on. Oh, yeah, we have uh, some Cybertruck news. So we've seen a lot of report this week from other news media about um, the Cybertruck already rusting. So I decided to take a look, make sure what this is about. This is stainless steel shouldn't be rusting. Well, in fact, stainless steel does rust just a lot less than regular steel. And it's still open to rust. And Tesla, Tesla confirms it in their... User manual, Tesla says that uh, you should immediately remove corrosive substances such as grease, oil, birds dropping, tree resin, dead insect, tar spots, road salt, industrial fallout, etc. In the owner's manual, road because, salt. Yeah, salt oh, is bad. Geez. Too. Yeah, no, no, it's not great, but it's bad on every car. To be fair, yeah. So what happened is that you had several. Brand new Cybertruck owners reporting spots like that coming up on the car. And in particular, you had one Cybertruck owner going by Raxar on the Cybertruck Owners Club that said that there were some of these spots as he took delivery of the Cybertruck and that a Tesla advisor told him that uh, this is normal and that it needs to be buffed out. Uh, it's, uh, it happens in the rain. So it's a little bit more complicated than that, obviously. The main theory right now, no one knows exactly what's happening, but the main theory is that this is an environmental factor. It's, it's um, debris basically on the vehicle, and those debris make the rust on the stainless steel. Uh, so yes, the Cybertruck is rusting with debris on it. Um, the fix is pretty easy, really, is that you need to clean it. <laughs> you need to keep it clean, like any truck, um, which is fair, obviously, but it does play a bit against Tesla's idea that this is a super rugged truck, like you don't care, like if if people like ding it with the door or something like that, like, yeah, but still you need, there's some care to it. There's some maintenance to it. So a lot of people that have had this issue have been using the, uh, the clay bar. They've been like rolling the clay bar on, on, uh, on this thing. And apparently that removes a lot of these debris without uh, affecting the stainless steel. And then you can buff it out, uh, the, the rust on it. So, um, the fix is relatively easy. Keep your car clean. But yeah, it is rusting if you have debris on it and then it's exposed to water. 
the issue doesn't seem to be especially widespread, obviously. A lot of people did mention, though, that if you have it like on delivery, it's might, it might be rail dust. Because uh, some people said, oh, it might be like Tesla actually screwing up in the factory. And then there's like pieces of metal in the factory that hands on the truck, which is not impossible, obviously. But most likely, and you all often have that on, on cars that get on trains, is the trains have metal wheels on metal tracks. And that produce fine particles of metals that get on the car. Uh, so it's very common. Normally, they clean it right away when they get it. But um, if it wasn't cleaned properly for long enough and there was water uh, between uh, then and delivery, you might have these issues. All right. Last night, still on the Cybertruck, Tesla offered to accelerate the delivery timeline for Cybertruck reservation orders through the referral program. So Tesla offered... Um, to redeem referral credit to accelerate Cybertruck delivery. So if you have a Cybertruck delivery and you want the Foundation Series all-wheel drive or the Cyberbase, uh, you could get paid 30,000 credits, um, which is the equivalent of three uh, car purchases being referred or 30 demo drives. And uh, then you buy this award and you get your car, your Cybertruck within 45 days instead of waiting. So you can you get to bypass all this reservation, <laughs> all those 2 million reservation, if you get that. Now, it was a put in the middle of the night and it's sold out within a few hours. So it's not available anymore. But Tesla seems to say, if you miss your chance to claim, check back later, additional accelerated deliveries. So it sounds like Tesla will bring back this award. Now, it's a bit controversial. The people will say, ah, it's not fair. I put my reservation on the first day, and Tesla still hasn't reached out for me to um, convert my reservation into an order. We've been saying this for years, uh, ever since the Model Y, uh, Model S, really. The, the Tesla reservation process doesn't really matter. Like, it is no, doesn't really keep your place in line. Uh, I mean, Seth, did you, re- did, you re- did you reserve the Cybertruck on the first day? I did, but um, yeah. somewhere down the line, I, I canceled my order. Oh, you canceled it. Okay. I think it, when I got my Rivian, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, you know, I know a plenty of first day people that never got an invite to, to convert. All right. Uh, moving on. Oh, yeah. There was a new update this week that had uh, an interesting thing about um, more accurate range prediction. So Tesla last year, we noted that Tesla has made a lot of improvement on that, adding crosswind, headwinds, humidity, ambient temperature, uh, tire pressures, and all that into their calculation to get a better range prediction, more accurate one, which I think is the most important thing in curbing range anxiety over longer range. You want to get into the car, put your destination in the navigation system, and it tells you exactly what range you get to get there. So that way, you know you're going to be able to get there, and you know what you need there you need to you need to charge there you or can you go to your next destination from there simple as that not this does i don't know one thing it's kind of uh i thought they were doing that already but uh this is added battery age as a factor so they say in the release note your estimated battery range now incorporates additional characteristics related to the battery aging over time um so I don't know. Like obviously the, the capacity I would think Tesla already knows. Like your, your battery loses capacity over time. So I think they would know that. But maybe Tesla, because Tesla obviously has a ton of data. So now they have more data on this on the aging batteries. So maybe they know now that if a battery is a little bit uh, as a certain age, maybe other factors become more important. So they can like change on multiplicators on certain factor based on battery age. I would assume it's that. I would assume it's not the actual like 
batch degradation because uh, I would be shocked if Tesla's not using that already. Uh, but it's still interesting. Uh, another thing in the same update, Tesla now gives you a time on battery preconditioning when you go to a supercharger station. So if you enter a supercharger in the destination uh, of your navigation system, at a certain time, Tesla start preconditioning the batteries. Now, if you're going to a supercharger that's very far away, so like if you have like an hour, two hours to drive, that's already a problem. Like you, Tesla will start the preconditioning in time to be ready to get there. However, if for some reason, like you, the battery is already lower and you get into your car and you just now enter a supercharger that's like 10, 15, 20 minutes away, now your car will tell you, well, in fact, like you need that much time to get the battery to where we need to be to have optimal charging so that's good to know so that it will it will uh arrange the charging in in function of that so it makes sense we have a few new more a few more news items to discuss before we jump into the comment section so if you guys i know you got we already answered a few questions that were like directly related to what we were talking live but if you guys have more questions for us you can put them in the comment section right now i want to get to it in like five, 10 minutes max. All right. So Stellantis finally adopts next Tesla's uh, design connector for North America. They were the last major automaker to, to do so. And it's the first time that we have a different announcement for this. So every other automaker, the announcement was the same basically is that we're going to adopt next in North America we uh, will put them in new vehicles starting in 2025. And before that, we made a deal with Tesla to supply uh, adapters, CCS to NAX adapters to our existing owners so that they can access the supercharger network, which is like basically the carrot that Tesla was using to convince all those people, all those automakers to get on board. It's like, we'll give you access to our supercharger network, which is going to help your, your EV cells, going to help your existing EV owners a lot. Um, but there's none of that with Stellantis. In this Stellantis own announcement, they, first of all, they don't call it NAX, so obviously they don't have to, and they don't even have to have a deal with Tesla to adopt NAX because the SAE has made it an official standard now, and I guess the official standard name now is J3400, uh, J3400. That's the new charging connector standard. Rolls off the approved. tongue. Sorry? Rolls off the tongue. Yeah, um, from SAE. Uh, so Stellantis announcement says that instead of NAX, and then they say that they would be in select battery electric vehicle models launching in North America for 2026. Um, so maybe not all of them, uh, sounds like. And also there's no mention of the supercharger network. There's no mention of a deal with Tesla. Uh, instead, Stellantis is promoting IONA. Is that how you pronounce that network? Ayana? Yeah, yeah. Ayana? Automaker Network. So that was announced last year. It's a big new charging network coming to North America in partnership with BMW, GM, Honda, Hyundai, Kia, and Mercedes-Benz. All of those automakers have also announced NAX adoption and our J3400 and deals with Tesla to access a supercharger network, just not Stellantis. So now it doesn't mean that Stellantis won't have access, that Stellantis EV drivers won't have access to a supercharger network. There's just no deal with Tesla right now, and you need a deal with Tesla right now unless you're using the uh, Magic Dock supercharger, which is only a few of them. So uh, unless Tesla just opened all of them to NAX, there's no deal with uh, Stellantis for now. 
Uh, Rivian has released a teaser for the R2 uh, launching next month in just a few weeks on March 7. So this is the the image right here. So basically confirming that they're going to have their now, this is part of the Rivian brand right now, these two headlights with the bar, the headlight bar and the two oval red light, uh, headlights. Um, we cannot, that this is the pattern that we reported on before that could give us an idea of the R2 also. Obviously, with the front end, we don't know if it's, this is going to be a SUV or a pickup truck or are they going to be both available. It's not clear. It was this also this new image that we just posted, I think. Yep. Uh, so, so we got a, we got a few images. Uh, apparently, Rivian's doing a photo shoot in downtown LA, uh, and um, there, here's one. Uh, if you're watching, uh, with the looks like there's a cover being taken off of it. I mean, these are all taken from a high rise, so you know you got your iPhone, not great, yeah. iPhone 25x zoom optical thing. But um, you can kind of see it's uh, similar shape as a typical Rivian. The interesting things are um, the charge port is actually in the back of this thing versus the front uh, driver's side. So it's in the the back passenger side. So that'll be interesting. Um, I don't know if that's good or bad for superchargers. Um, I guess it's, you know, if you're not towing as much. Um, you also can see the, um, the silver trim is gone. So it's like a, a black trim around the edges uh and, and obviously yeah obviously it's smaller it's got different hubcaps as well or or wheels um it looks great but it's, like, it's tough to say that it's smaller really like to me like you know, obviously i'm not as familiar with the r1s as you are since you you, you see one every day but uh, i could easily confuse it for an r1s right now yeah yeah uh i mean i i only know that it's smaller because i know that it's smaller i don't yeah i don't i can't tell from the picture um, I, the charge port is weird to me. Like, uh, I don't quite, I mean, I have my issues with the charge port. It's not necessarily the placement, but like, it seems like super over engineered, especially with the, uh, the snow and ice up here. But, um, the, it's interesting that they're putting in the back. So like, if you're towing, like that's going to present a problem. So maybe this is not for towing. Maybe this vehicle is not a towing vehicle or not primarily a towing vehicle. But since then, even then, like back, at least put it in the driver's side if the back. So that, like, right, you can pull like it to most a cars supercharger on the driver's side. Right, superchargers would be on the driver's side. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that's a weird call on their part. I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I'm not, the I'm not a fan of that. No. We'll find out soon. Yes, and then we had one last one. Oh yeah, uh, Super Cruise. So for Super Cruise fans, uh, big news this week. They are almost doubling the um, the map of uh, highways and roads uh, where you can enable Super Cruise, which is uh, a true hands-free driving. It's not a level three hands-free, all right? It's not like you have to pay attention. You just, yeah, you have to pay attention. You don't have to have your hands on the wheel. Um, right, and they have uh, eye tracking. So on the steering wheel, there's actually uh, sensors. And if your eyes are off the road for too long, uh, it starts freaking out and uh you know just like teslas and ford's blue cruise um it is i would say a better experience than tesla's uh because you don't have to put pressure on the wheel you don't even have to have your hands on the wheel as long as you're looking uh straight ahead and uh i think people who have like both like i think people like this the 
um, Super Cruise better just because of the, the less amount of, uh, you know, physical, like pushing the wheel to the side. And Tesla's even gotten, like, they've gotten naggier and naggier with their, with their updates. So, you know, Super Cruise is still just like being a passenger. And it's so bad when it's not nice outside, like right now in Quebec. I was driving back from Quebec City earlier this week, and it was a little bit slushy outside, and my car well, got dirty, and I kept getting alerts on the highway that like one of the camera was partially blocked and everything. And like yeah. they don't give you the alert one. It's like I'm not gonna stop. Like I'm gonna keep driving right now. Stop giving me the alert, telling me I know. Leave it there. Leave it the alert. But instead, what they do is like every like two or three minutes, it oh, keeps. Wow popping it up and screaming at me and I have the dual mode on. So the alert is not as strong, but it's still strong. And like, it's cute. Like when you're listening to a podcast or something like that, it's so annoying. Uh, so yeah, but the, the big difference with super cruise too, is that it requires mapping. Um, so obviously you need to map. Yeah. And, uh, you're limited by your mapping, but, um, they had already 400,000 miles of mapping in, uh, in North America, and now they almost double it to 750. So you see the map there. That was the old map, new map. Yeah, they're getting getting smaller highways, uh, not just yeah. interstates. They're state highways now. So yeah, it's beneficial. It looks looks very well covered at this point. Yep, you can go all the way around uh, Gaspésie in Quebec. It looks like. Well, you already could, but actually, actually, Canada has been a lot. In the northeast, like Ontario and south of Quebec, has been improved a lot looks like with this update yeah i would even say like in the edmonton area it's better than like the dakotas yeah it's not that many cars though with super cruise electric cars uh, i mean it, the gm doesn't make that many electric cars so yeah that's, that's the problem i was talking more about the models but like EUV. i think like the bolt euv doesn't have it on this side like yeah or the bolt EUV EUV has it. has it the lyric has it uh the uh hummer ev has it i silverado has it mm-hmm. yeah it's it's in some places all, all right, right let's uh, jump into the comment section all right uh kirk om says i hear you can get a model y under 30k in some states uh uh, uh yep yep i mean yeah i guess all the the base version is like what 43 uh, 43, uh, brand new, no, no, uh, new inventory incentive. Right. So Rear-wheel you can drive, get probably three or 4,000 of inventory incentive. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 43,000. Uh, so I'll, uh, remove the 7,500, you had 35. Uh, you can probably find a two or three f- incentive easy, uh, on, on new inventory. So you're already at 32, uh, then, if your if your state has an incentive on top of that, which is uh, common for like a New York, California, um, Colorado, yeah, you can get that thing for thirty thousand dollars right now, which is pretty nice. All right, Skeeter Magoo says, "I love to see someone finally make a device to e-hybridize regular cars, like an electric wheel or something cheap and easy." Uh, there are actually, uh, I think it's like college groups or small. Uh, startups that are working on electric wheels that you can put on cars and then yeah. they charge by regening and stuff so that's kind of cool. i'm not a fan of that though the, putting like motors batteries i mean yeah, not the batteries but motors in the wheel like the mo- your wheels like 
I don't know about you, but where I drive my car, like the roads are not great and the wheels take a beating. I don't want yeah. my motor in my wheel. I want my wheel to take a, be able to take a beating. All right. Hypothetical from Dan Overstay. Question for Fred. If you could transfer your Roadster referral credits into a free all-wheel drive Cybertruck, would you take it? Oof. Cyber beast, maybe. <laughs> at least, right. at least, give me a cyber beast. Like, uh, well, but we're, we're we're still talking like a half or half a third price. of the of the yeah. value. So it would be a hard. Like, I guess t- if Tesla like gives off on the roadster, which like uh, at some point they should. If they're if they're not gonna make it, just tell us at one point. Like, it's, it's been it's like six years late at this point. Um. Then yeah, I would be all, I would be open to an alternative, but I would prefer a roadster. Obviously, yeah. Founders Roadster they're valued at three hundred thousand dollars, and the Cybertruck is like a hundred. The Cyber Beast is like a hundred and twenty thousand. What if it's, they just uh, gave you a three hundred thousand dollar Tesla gift card? Yeah, that <laughs> would be uh, that would uh, I, I would not complain about that. Yeah. I would also do that if anybody in the Tesla referral program is listening. Uh, we'll, we'll be we're we are down. Uh, we talked about Turkey Neck on the um, earlier about the crash. Question: Is there a chance this could have been mixing up City Streets beta with FSD that existed for years before the actual FSD beta came out? City Streets beta. I forgot about that. Uh, well, I mean, it was it was still part of FSD. Like everything that was part of FSD is still FSD. I mean, it's not FSD beta, sure. Like FSD beta is very much like the, the FSD beta program, but these are features that were part of FSD. So it, it would be the same thing. Like I don't, I don't see how that would be like misconstrued or anything. Like, yeah. Uh, Unless you're talking about like the intersection thing that they introduced, like where intersection like was. Part of it, but even then, like it doesn't sound like this would be involved because he didn't crash on an intersection. He crashed on a road, on a mountain road. <laughs> Tesla breathalyzer update coming. That would be uh, cool. They could actually use uh, AI and the cameras to to give you a, a, a sobriety test. I mean, that would not like it's. It would be sad if we start need everyone needs a breathalyzer inside their car, but. I always thought that the the you know the you, uh, a court I don't know if if it's like that in every jurisdiction but for like a repeat offender of drunk driving um, the court can enforce uh, that you pay oh, for yeah. a system in your car that you have to blow before you can even drive the car. Yep. I mean we have, I know, we have I've never looked up are... this system but if they are efficient it's a great solution if they are efficient. Uh, if well, you can also obviously confirm that this is the driver and you're not asking some rando on the street to blow him in for you. Uh, but I, I guess that there would be ways to enforce that too with some kind of like uh, face detection, like, like your I don't phone know. can do face detection. I don't know if you've heard of this uh, urban legend, but there's this hilarious uh, just I don't, a meme or whatever about a guy, it was like a Marine, uh, captured a raccoon. So that it would <laughs> that it could blow into his thing. <laughs> I mean, it does sound like uh, an urban legend, but it is an hilarious one. If I've yeah, ever heard that one. was hilarious. 
Anyway, uh, back to the questions. Uh, too many possibilities about the fatal FSD. Can we leave it to the authorities and Tesla to sort it out? Well, we did. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole story. That's what came out. We, we let it happen, and now the story came out, and that's how it came out. What do you want me to tell you? All right. Uh, I wonder if there's a sect of cyber owners trying to patina their trucks and let it rust on purpose. Oh, that would be interesting. Kind of like a, a Mad Max. I'm not familiar thing. with the term patina, though. I think that's like uh, make them look older. Huh. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, question. Do autopilot and FSD B exist side by side in the vehicle and how different are the actual commands? That's a good question. No. Uh, well, uh, not if you have FSD beta active. Um, when you do activate now on, on, on highway or in city street, it's FSD beta because the same stack now. So if you activate it in the city street and you use FSD beta, and then when you go on the highway, you use FSD beta. So there's no autopilot is like not a thing anymore, I guess. Uh, if you have FSD beta, I don't know if that makes sense. All right. Uh, Real quick comment, BYD is the killer out there, out of sight. Uh, they're, they're coming on strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, shouldn't Stellantis enter into a signed agreement to get an account with Tesla if they want to access their supercharger network? No, their their owners have to. Their owners simply have to download the app if they want to use the Magic uh, Charger one. But uh, yeah, for the non-Magic one and for the upcoming adapter, that's other thing. Uh <laughs> Mr. Turkeyneck asked about Super Cruise. Um, I was actually talking to a friend of mine who's got a Bolt EUV with Super Cruise. And um, we were talking about, like, uh, you get Super Cruise for three years when you buy the car. But nice. after that, it's kind of up in the air and they don't tell you how much it is. And he was saying it would be smart for them to do it by the mile. So, like, every mile that you use Super Cruise, it costs 10 cents or something. That way, you know, you're... They're charging you very little, but you're getting some utility, you know, every, you know, whatever. I feel like that that's not a bad Because you might be in a situation where, like, you, you, there's road you drive off and on that doesn't have Super Cruise, and then you pay the monthly payment, and then it... Yeah, I mean, you if you're for just paying nothing. by the month or the, yeah. you know, or in general, you're not... It's not, this, you know, equal, but if you're actually mm-hmm. getting utility out of it, maybe, maybe that's something. I don't know. Anyway, I looked up patina real quick. It's kind of like the uh, tarnish that happens to copper on roofs and, you know, the, the Statue of Liberty is green because of uh-huh. that tarnish. So that's that's what they're thinking. Okay, well, that was it for uh, this week's episode of the Electric Podcast. I hope you, you learn interesting things like uh, what patina means. <laughs> and uh, uh, But obviously more about uh, electric vehicles and all the, the news that came out this week. Uh, I appreciate every single one of you that uh, tuned in into the show. If you do enjoy the show, you can give us a like, a subscribe. All these things are free to do. It takes a second. It helps the show more than you think. If you're listening on your podcast app right now, if you can give us a five-star review, only if you enjoy the show, obviously, but a five-star review helps the show uh, be promoted on your those apps a lot more, and uh, we appreciate when you do it. All right, that's it for us. We're going to see you uh, same time, same place next week. Have a safe weekend.